In today's show, we're talking about the Phoenix Suns for fantasy basketball. Hashtag Sava out. It's happened. He's done. He's finished. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right, we're here to talk about the Suns. As you know, as I just said, the old mate Robert Sava, one of the worst owners in the NBA, is selling the team. We don't know who to or what's happening there, but he's selling the team, so he's gone which is great for Phoenix after that report came out. Um, is it going to have an impact on this team? Yeah, maybe, because there might have been a bit of a cloud hanging over. Like, what's going on? This asshole, like, what, what are we doing here? But he's gone. That's great. Let's talk about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you don't know what it is and you're just tuning in for the Sun Show, hey, welcome. How's it going? It's a 360-team fantasy basketball league for categories. It's a 360-team league, also for points leagues. You enter, it's 25 bucks, it's on fan tracks, with slow drafts. You enter by emailing lofbbowl at gmail.com, but don't do it yet. In the subject line, you write Suns Cats if you want in the category league. In the points league, you write Suns Points if you want in the points league. Remember, it's like 80-20, people applying for categories with points. A lot easier to get into points. You can do both, but it's a lot easier to get into points. If you are in the category league, Matt Smith is in that one. So you'll get to take him on in the Suns League, in the Suns Division. Um, And later on in the show, I will give you something to add into the body of the email to get considered in this application. Throw in whatever else you want in there, whatever you think might sway me. There's a lot of emails. I try and read through every one of them. Um, And and then sometimes I pick at random, sometimes I read through, but just put something in there that's interesting. If it catches my attention, it might get in. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns now, though. Let's look at where their schedule lies for this upcoming season. 51 quality games, bang, league average. Good. 12 back-to-backs, below average. Yeah, it's looking pretty good so far. But then the playoff schedule hits. And in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, our playoffs end on March the 19th. That is when I suggest all playoffs should end. We've got nine games. Three, two, four. The dreaded two-game week. If you end on March 26th, they have nine games. The dreaded two-game week. A 2-4-3 schedule. If you end on Yahoo default, there's 11 games, 4-3-4. Four, four. And one thing that is worth noting is that for some reason, the NBA is putting more games into the final three weeks of the season than the two or three weeks before that. So a lot of the times when you're ending March 19th or ending March 26th, you'll see lower games played. And there's a lot of those two-game weeks chucked in there, whereas there's a lot of four-game weeks in that last week of the season. I don't know why they're doing that. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what's happening. So you'll see bigger numbers for Yahoo default formats, and smaller for the others, but it's smaller across the board, and it's bigger across the board if you go longer into the year. Again, I don't know why they're doing that. So it's not a bad schedule if you go Yahoo default, but it's also not ideal. We just, that two-game week's the killer. And maybe that puts a little bit of a dampener on Chris Paul. You wouldn't want to draft Chris Paul and Devin Booker together 
or Paul and Aiton together, or Booker and Aiton. I don't think you'd want to do that because that's your two guys playing two games in your fantasy playoffs. That's not ideal. Let's look at what the pressure points are. Is Jay Crowder still on this team? I'm recording this on the 22nd of September. It is going to air on the 25th of September. Is Jay Crowder traded by then? He's been pissing and moaning all offseason. Nobody likes me. Where's my... Why Why don't I get valued? I'm a 33-year-old man, and nobody thinks I'm important. I've paraphrased that a little bit, but it does sure feel like he is not going to be on this team. It feels like they've been dangling his name in trades and telling him that maybe he's not going to be playing as many minutes or starting uh, coming up. Sorry, he's 32, not 33. So is he going to be on the team? Because if he's not, then the value of Cam Johnson goes higher. What comes back in the trade is also important. Darius Sharich might get a boost. Toy Craig probably plays more minutes. It does change things. Not the crowd is good, but he was taking 29 minutes. He's solid enough. Is Aiton still, speaking of pissing and moaning, is Aiton still doing it? DeAndre, are you going to go into the game? No. All right, don't then. This was in the playoffs. And then there was the whole standoff with the contract, and he signed with Indiana, and then he got matched with Phoenix. Monty Williams, legendary bloke. But if Monty Williams is having an issue with you, there's something going on there, isn't there? Now, because Monty Williams is a legendary bloke, they've probably patched this stuff up, and Aiton's back on board, and it's fine. But the frustrations with his game, and it translates to fantasy as well, seems to stem from some of this frustration. Like, go hard, my guy. Attack the rim. Be aggressive blocking shots. Take your shots. Take some threes. Take some free throws, for God's sake. And it never seems to happen. Is he still going to be whining? Is he still going to be complaining that he's not getting just fed everything he needs to do? I don't know. He's got real upside to be much better than he has been. But these off-court and attitude issues are, are, are a problem. And then... Chris Paul's 37. At some point, every player, or nearly every player, is bad by now. It's him, it's LeBron, it's not it's Jordan, it's not many others. They're bad. Chris Paul is slipping. We're starting to see a slip. He also had a game where he was shot perfectly in the playoffs. He's still getting a lot of assists, but he's not, he's not taking threes anymore. He's really taking that out of his game. It's all reliant on mid-range. Um, and at some point, the body will just give up. If it does... They're rooted. They are cooked. Because, you know, oh, it's not true, maybe. Because campaign was pretty serviceable when he was pushed into that role with Paul injured last season. But sometimes the drop comes. Shout out to Alan Iverson, Kemba Walker, um, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. It just comes and it hits you. And you can't do anything to stop it. And I'm not saying that Chris Paul is there because he's obviously freakishly good and not subject to the normal rules of aging, it appears. But it's going to happen at some point. And every year you go on where it doesn't happen, the more likely it is to happen the year after. He's 37. Let's see um, what happens. Now, quick one for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Put this in the body of your email. Should have done this, Alex. Now you're going to stop watching. Um, Chris Paul was drafted from which college? The answer is Wake Forest. Chris Paul is a Wake Forest legend. Put that in the email. Big Demon Deacon guy. 
Chris Paul, that is what you put in to get into Locked On Fantasy Basketball for the Suns. Remember, Suns cats in the subject, Suns points in the old um, in the old subject. If you want into the points league, that is how we do it. And it's also how we do it by telling you about betonline.net, your number one source for all pro and college football needs and betting info this season. Find all football developments, matchups, news, and podcasts, including all of the week three action out tomorrow. The Arizona Cardinals, an amazing comeback last week against the Raiders. Can Kyler Murray do it again? They have the Rams. They're three and a half point underdogs. It's in Arizona. They're at home. So they'll be looking to build on that momentum after a great comeback in that last game. But whatever action you want, BetOnline has it. Live betting, esports, but all your favorite sports and events as well, like Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Breakout candidates. I think it's only Cam Johnson. Really, is Devin Booker breaking out? He can elevate, I guess, but he's not really breaking out. When you're on the cover of NBA 2K, you've broken out. Chris Paul's not breaking out. DeAndre Ayton, maybe. Just don't have that confidence in it. Mikael Bridges would require um, someone getting injured. Cameron Payne, Damian Lee. Look, these guys aren't breaking out. It's Cam Johnson, who I think will elevate to a starting role. And... They just want to see whether he can actually... I'm not convinced he can handle a starting role full-time and be useful enough, but they want to see. And he's got that opportunity, I think, going to be afforded to him to actually be a breakout candidate this season. It might not happen. He might not be able to do it, but the opportunity is going to be there for it, and that's what's important. Johnson had some moments last year. He was a really good shooter. He was very good. In the past, he hadn't quite been that level in terms of percentages, but he's a really good shooter. But his big games came when people were out. Paul was out or Booker was out. And we saw that usage really go up. And then he sort of faded away. Another one of those guys whose ranking benefits from no turnovers because he never handles the ball. Um, and that skews his overall value, I think. Be careful with that. Let's look at fantasy sleepers. There's quite a few. For a team that's that good, there's quite a few that I think are valued. Chris Paul is almost on this list every year. On Yahoo, he's at 36. On Fantrax, he's at 34. ESPN, he's at 30. It's not as much, but this bloke was 18th per game last season. I think he's going to be in the 20s again this year. In a points league, not as much, although he was 15th in ESPN points leagues last season and 26th in, in Yahoo. There is the age risk that I've just outlined, and that with that comes with skill drop-off, but also injury risk. But still, like... If I can get that 36 is an average, that means in some drafts, theoretically 50% of drafts is available in round four. And I love that. I love it. And assists are so hard to get. You, know, you get Chris Paul in the middle of round three, end of round three, start of round four. I think it's pretty good. Now he does, he's not doesn't score well. And the threes are low. But the assists, the steals are good. Those assists are so valuable. If you're punting assists, you don't touch him. If you're one of those teams that's gotten blocks and you've got Gobert or you've got Embiid, um, then you don't worry about that necessarily and you can you can lean into not getting assists because they become hard to find. But if you need them, you get him, and that's too low. I think also Call of Duty himself, DeAndre Ayton, to him and he, does he play Fortnite or Call of Duty? Either way, it's something. Him and Kyler Murray can discuss it. On fan tracks, he's got an ADP of 51. On Yahoo, it's at 56. On, um, not Yahoo, sorry, on uh, ESPN, it's 56. Yahoo, it's at 38, which is about right. Now, he is not a big shot blocker. He could be, but he's not. 
He's a pretty strong efficiency guy, so that makes him really good for Roto. He's a good rebounder. They are very hard to find later in the draft. Does he? Do they actually say, hey, you, you are good. Can you play 34 minutes a night? Or does he play like 29, 30 like he has been? Yeah, I think I think worst case scenario for Aiton is 56 or 51. Even last season, he wasn't good. He was 43rd. He wasn't didn't play that well. He was 56th in points leagues last season in Yahoo and 54th in ESPN. Like that's is that worst case for him? I think it is. And then Cam Johnson's got Yahoo 136 and ESPN 139. That's that's boring on last round territory. I don't think that he's a top 90 player or anything like that, but he's a round 10 guy maybe. Scoring efficiently, hitting threes, not a not a bad rebounder. Not going to get you much defensive stats, but he could crack a steal a game. He's going to be great from the line, really strong from the field. If you have three-point percentage, his value rises immensely as well. And then on ESPN specifically, Mikael Bridges is too low because a lot of the drafts are based on points league rankings on ESPN, and he's not a good points league player, but he is a better category league player. Now, he is a guy that people look at, oh, look at that, he was 24th last season in totals and uh, nine-cat value. If you think that drafting Mikael Bridges in the second round is good, you are wrong. Um, he has played every game. Shout out Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Brooke Lopez. These guys have all done that in their career. And then something happens. And I am knocking on wood and hoping it doesn't, but it will. At some point, it's going to happen. Bridges is going to get hurt at some point. He's going to miss time at some point. Um, the reason he gets no turnovers is he doesn't ever handle the ball or get any assists. And those things we know are inextricably linked. He's a solid enough scorer, a solid enough shooter. He's an unbelievable two-point percentage guy. And his field goal percentage is through the roof. He gets solid steals, okay blocks. He's just eh. Like he's solidly average. Strong floor, but with the way this team constructed, I don't see the upside. But at 103, yeah, I give, me, give me it every time. He's like a, a 75 to 85 sort of player. Maybe he pushes top 50 in an absolute best case. I don't really see that. But 103 is insane. And then the big fella, Cameron Payne. It's more for points leagues. But Cameron was like 160th in points leagues last season. If we're going to talk about the risks of Chris Paul and in a 14 or 16 team league, like he's ranked at 252 on Yahoo. Every 20 team league, 18 team league, 16 team league should be taking him. Pretty sure he went to the 16 team mock draft the other day. But 252 suggests, no, you don't draft him. And that's uh, wrong. Simply wrong. In points leagues, I don't really see anyone, sorry, in, sorry, busts, rephrase. I don't see anyone who's a bust. For category leagues. Paul looks all right. We'll talk about Booker more soon. They'll look all right. But I think in a points league, Bridges is a bust. You don't want him at 68, which is where he's going on Yahoo. You don't want him at 78, which is where he's going on fan tracks. He's an outside the top 100 points league player. Last season in points leagues, Mikhail Bridges was 111th on Yahoo. He was 92nd on ESPN. Like you don't want him at 68. It's a massive bust. Do not do it in a points league. Simple as that. He's got one of the biggest discrepancies between points and category league value. Categories being more preferred than you've got, you know, the RJ Barrett's in the world who are the other way around. But Bridges is so strong on those percentages, solidly boosted by steals, which don't mean anything really in points leagues. So he is just overvalued by those ADPs because, again, they're not separated out. And it's just whatever draft happens, happens. And one of those, one of those guys that the difference in value is pretty stark. And you've got to be aware of your league settings and not to get sucked into ranks or ADPs that would suggest something false about what I think Bridges can provide. 
upside flyer picks. These are last round guys. Cam Johnson's available in the last round in a lot of spots. I do like that. Now, I wouldn't look at Cameron Payne as a 12-team league guy. Jay Crowder, theoretically, could be the 140th best player, but there's no upside in that in the last round pick in a 12-team. And in a 14 or 16-team league, when you get to pick 140, take Jay Crowder. Like, that's fine. You need more stability in that area when you're drafting. And this is important for everything. I'll just do this first. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And I talked about it in the 16-team mock draft the other day is that when you get to pick 140 to 150 in a 12-team league, we're taking flyers. We're taking cracks at guys who might be 250th. But in a 16-team league, that's round 10. That's one of your starters. I don't think you take flyers there. That's when the guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Jay Crowders and these guys with limited upside, but they're the equivalent of taking a player at 90 or 100 in a 12-team league where they probably don't change much from there, but you know what they're going to get or you know that they're going to give you that value. And then you take the swings later on with guys. And that's where Crowder sort of sits to me. Um, let's look at the roster. Spoken a lot about Chris Paul. I, I do worry about a drop-off. But let's talk Devin Booker. Booker was 20th last season on a per-game basis in category leagues. He was 21st in points leagues. He was 20th in, in ESPN points leagues. So why is he going higher this year? 18th on Yahoo, 19th on Fantrax, 19th on ESPN. It's not a big difference. And remember, a lot of his value spiked. And I think he was top 10 while this happened, when Chris Paul was out. Because the assist started to go up and everything went up. So I think the reason is, is that guys like Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, these guys are all pushing below him because of the risk associated with them. And Booker just feels secure and safe. He'll score well. He hits some threes. He'll have okay assists. He's never going to be a big steals and blocks guy, but his efficiency's improved. He's just sort of safe there. And remember, the guys who were ahead of him, like DeJounte Murray last season, will probably be behind him and be drafted after him. And that pushes him higher a couple of spots as well. So that's probably why. It's just safety. Um, but you know, he might end up 24th or 23rd. Or if Chris Paul missed 50 games, he'd end up 10th. Or 11th. So there is some upside, but it's not really to do with him. It's to do with whether Paul's in or out, or other guys jump ahead of him. He's just pretty safe there. Bridges, we talked about, is in that 70 range, 70 to 80 range, rock solace up. But again, it requires... He could push top 50 if he started averaging 18 a game, but it requires injuries for him to get that those shots. And then there's Cam Johnson, who probably tops out, absolute best case, top 90. Absolute best case, hits three threes, averages 15 points, gets six boards, 1.3 steals. He's not there yet. He's probably a guy I look more at in round 10 versus round eight, but there is round eight upside. Jay Crowder, I just spoke about. Cameron Payne's a really strong backup and you grab him as soon as um, Chris Paul goes down. No, it's not Landry Shamit. You grab Cameron Payne, you have to deal with the field goal percentage, but he, he was really good down the stretch last season coming back from his own injury. Damian Lee, they signed from the Warriors. He'll just play some minutes on the wing. He's like a cheap version or a bad version, maybe, of Daniel House. He's in and out of lineups. He's 30 now already, Lee. He can occasionally... Well, actually, no. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. But that's all he's bringing. And then there's the return of Dario Saric, who did not play last season with a torn ACL. And the year before, he put up some good numbers as a backup five and as a backup four. And if Crowder goes, he might get 25 minutes a night, Saric. He's fully recovered from the ACL. He did have another knee issue in March, but he's fine. He played over in Eurobasket. He didn't look good in Eurobasket, but he played. I He's 28. I don't think he's playing 25 a night personally. They've got some other centers who are useful with Bismarck Biombo. 
And at the moment, while Crowder's there and Johnson's there, he won't get many minutes at the four. And I don't think we need to bother with drafting Sharich in anything outside of 20-team leagues. But he's back, and he's an impact on the rotation. Tory Craig's one of the worst permanent fantasy guys, I think, out there, only topped by his teammate, Landry Shamet, who's just horrendous. He's so bad as a fantasy player. He's actually not a good NBA player either. Bismack Biombo. When he plays, the value is pretty good in what he does. It's blocks, it's boards, it's field goal percentage. He was really, really strong for this team last season when needed to be, and he is the backup now. Now, Jock Landau is also there, who also, when given the opportunity with San Antonio last season, played pretty well, I thought. But now he's the third string here. Just watch to see whether he can jump ahead of Biombo and Sharich. They've also got Dwayne Washington, who had a few moments in Indiana. He's on a two-way, as is um, Ish Wainwright. And they signed Josh Okogie and recently just signed Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson's one of those guys that people get excited about because he's a bucket, because he's, you know, got a bag. But he's actually really bad. Like, he's one of the worst passes you'll ever see. He's a bad defender. He can pop off and get hot, but it, often he doesn't. He's a bit of a ball hog. And I think it's going to be him or... I don't think the Suns go into the season with 15 roster spots. I think they go with 14. So it's him and Okogie is who gets that last spot. They do need guard depth behind Booker and Paul. They've got Payne and Lee and Shamit there. Jackson, I just... Even if he started and played 30 minutes a night, Frankie, I really I really don't see how he's a 12-team or even 14-team league guy. His fantasy line is just so empty um, that he doesn't offer anything unless just like five guys are out and he's getting 30 usage and averaging 20 points. And he couldn't even do that in Detroit. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget... Enter the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, but follow this podcast on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, thumb the up, up the middle, ring the bell, ding the ling, and then you know when I go live every time. Drop your comments down below. I'm tired, and I've still got more shows to record today, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>